Hi. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> the fuck was that? <laughs> I was just wiggling my brows at you <laughs> on FaceTime. Oh, I heard a what was that? Oh. Am I? I don't know. Did I just hear that in my own head? Did you say? Yeah, I didn't say that. It was your voice. No. Anyways, we're recording. We're live. There's a ghost. Hi. Hi, this is Jessica from Hot for Justice <laughs> this podcast. This is Jamie from Hot for Justice podcast. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Yeah. Again. Again. We're doing the thing. We are doing yeah. it. Well, this week we are continuing our series on unsolved cases of kidnapped and or unexplained deaths and or murders of black people so oh no I got disconnected from Jamie I actually hung up on you my bad oh I like okay it's fine yeah no anyways I actually no we're still going Jamie hung up on me and it's fine (laughs) (laughs) yeah you gotta peek behind the curtain there um Um, so editing me might leave that in yeah i I feel like you probably will because we tend to do that yeah you know we're not perfect we never claim to be we will never be perfect it's fine part of the reason why you guys like us and still listen i hope um (laughs) (laughs) sorry what were you saying before i rudely um cut you off i literally do not remember um i think you're saying something about the series we're doing oh yeah (laughs) um well, I think I had finished my thought, so. Okay, great, because I hung up on you before I finished hearing your thought, but, like, I'm sure everyone else got to hear it, and it was great. <laughs> it was great. It was truly amazing. So. Perfect. Well, and I know what the series is about, so it's neither here nor there. It, it, who's first this week? <laughs> it's you. Surprise. Surprise. Okay. And for the first time ever, I actually knew that. Actually, so. for the <laughs> Jamie had to send me a case because though she texted me this morning and asked me if asked me Jesus, <laughs> she asked me if we were going to record today, and I said yes. I did not prepare at all. You know, I feel like that's on brand as fuck, though. Yes. Yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, I do have a kid, and I'm like, you know, I have to take care of her all day, so, and work. I'll just, we'll just that. Anyways, okay. So, I'm covering the case that you sent me of a poor, kidnapped, little, five-day-old baby named Raymond Lamar Green, and it, like, literally makes me want to cry because I cannot imagine. This one's literally so fucking sad. Like, out of the ones I sent you, like, it, it got me. It's so sad. So... Donna Green was a 16-year-old when she gave birth to Raymond on November 1st, 1978 at Grady Hospital in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, A few hours after she gave birth, she went up to the nursery to see her son when she met this woman. And the woman came up and introduced herself as Lisa Morris. And she said that Lisa had said that um, one of the babies was her niece and her sister had just given birth. Um... Mm-hmm. She was about 23, 24 years old, and she was about 5'5", five, five, with smooth, light skin, full lips, and a mole on her face. She And she wore a red headscarf. So she, mm-hmm. Lisa befriends Donna. Um, she asks Donna which baby was hers, and Donna says, um, you know, points to little baby Raymond. Um, 
and they kind of just chatted for a bit. Lisa walked back to Donna's room with her. Um, two days later, on November 3rd, Donna and her baby were getting ready to be discharged when Lisa returned, um, and she asked for a ride home. So the driver first dropped Donna off at her mother's apartment in Carver Homes, and that's how Lisa found out where she lived. Okay. So November 6th, which is three days later, um, Lisa comes by, and she says, oh, I rode the bus to come see you. Um, the women chatted and Donna's brother, Tony was in the room taking care of Raymond, who was a newborn. Right. Um, yeah. So about an hour later, Donna went upstairs to take a shower and Tony fell asleep. So when Donna came back from her shower, Lisa was gone with Raymond. Bum, bum, there was actually, it looks like two babies in the home at the time. So there was another baby that had been born to Donna's sister, who was also a newborn. Mm-hmm. Um, his name was Mike, and he was uh, sitting on Tony's chest, and Tony and, and Mike had fallen asleep. I'm not sure exactly Aww. where Raymond was or if Lisa was holding him or what, but um, Donna woke him up, Tony up, and was like, where is Raymond? And Tony says, well, Lisa picked the baby up because he was crying, and she walked out the front door, but I didn't think anything of it because I thought you guys were friends. And so oh, no. Donna, yeah. Donna is panicking and one Mm of um a woman who lived in um those like apartments uh came up to her and said that a woman had come out with a small baby wrapped in a blue blanket and had gotten in the um car like a brown car and drove and drove away and it was the last time that donna ever saw raymond or lisa fuck so Obviously, she reports this to the police. The police department came, took a statement, but she said that not much was really done. Um, the initial investigation showed that Lisa had everything Lisa had said was was not true. Um, there had been no patient at that hospital with a sister named Lisa Morris, so she was there and probably just looking for her yeah. opportunity, um, looking for a baby. Yeah, so there was no Lisa Morris in Atlanta fitting the description that Donna gave her or gave the police. Um, Lisa's true identity was never determined. Eventually, the police told Donna that what had happened was probably that Raymond had been sold to somebody outside of the United States, um, you know, kind of like adopted as a newborn. And yeah, but like child trafficked, basically. Yes, and Donna said later that the police didn't give her much help because she was poor and she was black, and the detectives um, never really talked to her about anything. Um, they kind of just brushed her off, which that's so devastating. Like, I can't even imagine how helpless she felt, and the people who were supposed to be helping her didn't. Right. Um, so... Shortly after, there were other little little humans that had been kidnapped. Um, and also, this was around the time of the Atlanta child murders, which mm-hmm. we, I think we just kind of talked about perhaps doing like a series on that because there's 
29 murders of black children in the Atlanta area during this time. Yeah. Most of them are unsolved, and it's really, um, there's a lot of people who contest the idea that uh, Wayne, I think Wayne Williams, um, uh, I think so. committed all of those crimes. Yeah, Wayne Williams. Yeah, so that's interesting. Maybe we can we can do that. Um, in no, the yeah, future. definitely. I think so. Yeah, so that was around the same time, and so Raymond's disappearance was featured once in the news. That's it, and it was a very brief story because mm-hmm. it really like it everything else took over so um donna feels really obviously terrible because she let lisa in and she thought lisa was an okay person Mm -hmm. i i just cannot imagine how she felt um her boyfriend who was raymond's father at the time they split up um but 12 years later they got back together marrying and then they had five more children but he passed away in 1999 Damn. She uh, went on to work as a drug counselor and drug technician, mostly for teenagers and young adults. Um, I mean, now she has, you know, she she has 12 grandchildren. She's obviously older. Um, That's hella grandkids. Yeah, she has, well, she has six kids, six remaining children. Um, all of them graduated. So many. Oh. Yeah, it says all of them graduated from high school and two went on to graduate from college. Um so when Raymond would have been 25, mm-hmm. don't ask me to. What was he born again? 1978. So this would have been in the 90s. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I, I think 99, if he was alive no, today, he'd be 42. It would have been in the 2000s. When he was 25. Oh, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, because I say right now he'd be like 42 because yeah. my mom's 50 and she was born in 1970. Oh, okay. Okay. That's the only reason I was able to do that so quickly. Don't yeah. Okay. Don't think that I like learned how to do math. Fair. I know. I was just <laughs> gonna say I'm struggling right there, but that's fine. <laughs> um, the <laughs> National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, which is also known as NICMEC, um, mm-hmm. Nick, yeah, NICMEC, they basically created an image of what he might have looked like at that age. Um, like one of those like age progression things. Yeah. So, but. I, how they did this because obviously they didn't he was only five days old they didn't really have any pictures of him when he (laughs) went missing um basically what happened was so in 2013 so this is like a little bit later on she met with the georgia bureau of investigations forensic artist kelly lawson so that they could Mm -hmm. get more comprehensive images and and basically what they did was they took images of Donna's six children mm-hmm. and then studied images of the father and then came up with an age-progressed composite of what Raymond could have looked like. I'm not going to lie, that's really fucking cool. Yeah, it is. I, I, mean, I would be interesting. I haven't looked to see if they have those online, but I would be interested to see. Um, they also did composite sketches of what Lisa would have looked like in 1978 when she was in her mm-hmm. mid-20s and then currently. Oh, damn. Okay. So... Um, I mean, Donna obviously is very, very devastated. Um, they honor her son every year at the, their local church where she holds a black tie fundraising gala um, through her nonprofit to bring attention to cold, ca- cold missing children's cases. Um, 
I mean, in more than 40 years later, there's really like nothing for the police to go on. They say that his case file was lost many years ago, of course. Um, of there course. There's random tips, but they don't really like come to anything. So they say there was a man in Germany who fit Raymond's profile and was looking for his natural mother. Um, mm-hmm. Or there was a man in Belize, kind of similar situation, but they tested their DNA and they didn't match. Um, Donna has DNA samples and databases all over the world, but there isn't, there hasn't been any matches. So, um, wow. Yeah, it's very interesting. So they said a total of eight babies were kidnapped between 1978 and 1996, all African-American and all born to mothers who on average were around 18. Seven of them were taken from that hospital, from Grady Hospital, and one of them was taken from the mother's home after being followed home from the maternity ward. Of those eight, two are still missing. Wow. Yeah. So they they do this post. So this is from the Reddit by Trifle mm-hmm. Truffles. Um, they pose the question like, well, the child, Atlanta child murders were going on at the same time. Could they be related? But they don't really think so. It seems to be a much different mo for sure and yeah i mean kidnapping a baby baby is much different than kidnapping a child oh yeah so i mean in in all likelihood that baby was kidnapped probably be to be quote unquote adopted illegally by somebody yeah a hundred percent but like Um, i was telling you before we started recording that now things are so different when you have a baby mm -hmm. they do not let like you have to sign in first off and when you go into the maternity floor they have this bracelet that they put on your baby and they put on you that matches um Mm -hmm. and then if you even if a mom takes the baby outside of like these these designated like lines in the maternity ward an alarm will sound and the doors will close that's the wildest thing I've ever it heard. It is. I mean, like, it's great, yeah. but it's fucking And, wild. like, they don't, like, the baby's with you at all times, pretty much. And they say, like, if anyone comes to take your baby that doesn't have, like, this specific thing on their badge, then they are not a nurse here. And, like, it's, they really safeguard against that now, which, obviously, like, I'm super grateful for because the thought of having a baby and then sending it to the nursery, I was, like, absolutely not. <laughs> That's fucking petrifying. Yeah. No, thank you. So the baby just stays with you the whole time, which is how I mean, it should that's be. That's great. Right. So. But like, holy shit, my dude. Yeah. That's it's, wild. It is. They, I mean, they don't mess around at all nowadays. And, and I'm sure that's because this type of thing happened. All I mean, a few years ago, there was um, that case. I don't know if you remember of the, the woman. She was like, I mean, this girl was a teenager now, but she found out that her mom had kidnapped her from the hospital her mom and had raised her as her own yeah and she had like a great life and her mom took really great care of her and she still considered her her mom but her mom actually had kidnapped her that's fucking insane like i think that's actually the craziest thing i've ever heard in my entire life you've never heard that story i'll have to if you can find it yeah i will because it's i'll like try to link it in the show notes because that was wild anyways um unrelated but related to your story i found um an, a website actually made by uh raymond green's mom oh cool um it's donnagreen48.wixsite.com we'll link it in the description yeah um 
and it shows the age progressed um, oh, cool. drawings okay. of him, okay. um, as well as other resources and such. Um, so that's very interesting. Fantastic. Um, yeah. Anyways, it's really sad. Uh, I mean, hopefully now with like all of the DNA that they can do, or mm-hmm. like matching your you know people you're related to, maybe they can figure something out. Hopefully, um, and hopefully all these cases get solved. Yeah. Like all these like you know kidnap babies and stuff i mean like i feel like with dna and then you know like these age progressed images and shit you know people might be able to figure out like oh shit like this isn't my family yeah or you know whatever or these mothers and you know fathers and shit can you know do some digging and find their kids yeah for sure i don't know hopefully it's just the whole thing is it's just a giant bummer truly um and speaking of bummers i have another one and sorry i'm just writing a note so i can insert our ad for the day ha 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 (laughs) um anywho you should be listening to that now (laughs) today's episode is also brought to you by armstrong since its inception in california in 1966 armstrong has been committed to the improvement beautification and preservation of bay area homes and commercial and institutional buildings This has been achieved by employing an elsewhere vanishing work ethic, coupled with superior technical knowledge using only the highest quality materials and modern equipment. Perhaps most significant of all, Armstrong has maintained its position of leadership by adhering tenaciously to one of the most fundamental principles of all business transactions, listening and pleasing their customers. Whether it's painting, roofing, windows, or doors, you have the assurance and peace of mind knowing that your installation will be covered by one of the best warranties in America. Armstrong painting jobs carry a warranty of up to 15 years depending on service materials. Their replacement windows and doors carry up to a limited lifetime manufacturer's warranty. Equally generous warranties come with their roofing work, and Armstrong has been a business in California for over 50 years and will be there ready, willing to help if and when you need them. If you're located in the San Francisco Bay Area or beyond and are looking for a contractor for windows, painting, roof, or doors, you can contact Armstrong Installation Services at armstrong1234.com or give them a call at 1-877-777 and a 1234. Great, the ad's done. Yay. Yay. Hopefully you guys loved it. Wow, that was great. Good stuff. <laughs> okay. Um, so this is another Reddit find. Surprise. <laughs> um, and it's actually written by the same user. And while you were talking, I was trying not to be rude, but I was trying to listen. Yeah. But um, so that trifle truffles, she's actually posted a lot on Reddit in the last couple of weeks, uh-huh. um, specifically about um, black and other people of color uh, that have gone missing or murdered or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um so accidentally I've stumbled upon someone else doing the same thing that we're doing my bad Yeah, (laughs) that's cool though yeah so um, thank you Trifle Truffles whoever you are Um, this is all in the um, Unresolved Mysteries subreddit if you're bored and want to read some more Mm -hmm. um, give them a follow I don't know if it's a man or a woman or a non-binary folk but anyways uh, they're very well written and um, yeah, I found a they few are. things written by them. They're great. She did a lot of really great research there. Yeah. Or so, they. I should say they. Sorry. Yeah, I have no idea. I'm, I'm assuming it might be a woman, but I, I really couldn't tell you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this is the um, unexplained death of Niza Morris. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, the headline is, The transgender woman of color was found with a fatal head injury during the pre-dawn hours of December 22nd, 2002, minutes after receiving a courtesy ride from a Philadelphia police officer. She died 64 hours later after her attending physician had removed her from life support. Interesting. Yeah. So, according to Philadelphia Police Dispatch Records, Officer, Jesus Christ, Jamie, I can't read. (laughs) (laughs) Officer Elizabeth uh, Scala responded to a 911 call from Key West Bar and Grill located on 207 South Juniper Street on December 22nd of 2002. Upon arriving at the bar, she saw Niza Morris, a transgender woman who was, quote, well-known and well-liked in the area, as she was a performer at a local bar named Bob and Barbara's Lounge. What a name. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Niza was extremely intoxicated and was escorted outside the bar. According to several witnesses, she was unable to stand on her own and was twice found lying on the ground at the intersection of Juniper and Chancellor Streets. Yeah, honestly, not been there. good. <laughs> I, I mean, mean, it happens to the best of us. Me too. But... Me, me, I mean, we've all had, most of us have had that experience. <laughs> yeah, I can't tell you how many times Zach and Brandon have dragged me across San Francisco while I can't even stand up straight <laughs> oops <laughs> oh that was about me at your bachelorette party see i didn't even realize you were that drunk <laughs> oh yeah i was that was i was very drunk oh, those were the days we didn't do that again god i know minus the shots but definitely bitch when were you oh we oh, i forgot we were doing shots at every place <laughs> every place Oops. Okay, so fun fact. I did my bachelorette party over... Was it St. Patrick's Day weekend? Um, or it was around then. It was in April. You oh, did it was it in April. April. You're right. Yeah. Okay. Um, we almost did it St. Patrick's weekend. Mm-hmm. But then I realized that that was probably going to be a shit show. Oh, so busy. Yeah. Um. Anyways, so I found this bar crawl in South Lake Tahoe. If anyone's interested, I can absolutely send you a link. It was very fun. It was fun. Um, and I want to say it was like... It was fifty bucks, and it yeah, saves it was like $50. you a, a lot of money though, because if you go to all the places we went, you'd have pay a cover anyway. Right, so you're saving a ten to twenty dollar cover at each of these places, and then each place you get like a free shot when you walk in the door. Yeah, um, which you know is neither here nor there, depending on if that's your thing or not. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the last place is like a really dope club that you had been to before, I think, right? Opal. Uh, yeah. Uh, you and Audrey had gone there before. Um, I had never been, but I think the cover there is normally at least like 20 or 25. Yeah, no, it is. And I've been there a few times. My actually, yeah, I've been there a few times. (laughs) Um, I feel like that was the beginning of a story that ended badly (laughs) that you thought better of. Mm, Yeah, you're not wrong. (laughs) I'm good at this. (laughs) I mean, you just know me too well. We don't need to talk about it. It's fine. I've been there, done that. Um, one of the bars they give you tater tots so you know i forgot about that and that's included in your 50 dollars. so if you like tots and like dips that's a thing that was that was good i i that was a salt that was solid yeah man i totally forgot about that yeah and that because like literally it was like i think the second to last place so everyone's already like pretty hammered mm-hmm. so they're like here's some potatoes yeah that was that weird place in like it was like the, the bottom lounge. yeah it was yeah. a little weird though that place was a little weird, but the tots made up for it. But it's cool, so you yeah. should try it out. Anyways, no, it's still a lot of a lot of fun. Um, definitely recommend. Also, def- definitely recommend a sweater if you do it anytime that's not summer. Oh my god, I, I literally remember saying out loud, "I said, oh my god, it is so cold." I had pants on and a, t- a spaghetti strap, like 
Cammy, mm-hmm. and um, this guy actually gave me his jacket like to let me walk across the street. And I was like, <laughs> "Thank you." That's actually super funny. Yeah, I was wearing like a bodysuit and jeans, and I was like, "I've never been this cold in my entire life." Yeah, it was really cool. If you've never been to Lake Tahoe, <laughs> yeah, it's cold. It was like even in, in April. The, even in the summer, it's cold at night though. So yeah, so be warned. Anyways, um, anyways, so homegirl was drunk. Again, been there, done that. Bought the t-shirt, mm-hmm. threw up on it. Um, <laughs> so the 911 caller reported a collapsed person in need of an ambulance, which was on its way to the bar until Officer Scala canceled it. She also told another police officer, Kenneth Novak, who was en route, that she no longer needed assistance based on her assessment of Niza's condition and the fact that um, Niza was just repeatedly asked to go home and refused to go to the hospital. Makes sense. I mean, I probably would have done the same thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, because um, that's expensive. Oh, yeah. I want to say, like, with my insurance, like, an ambulance ride's, like, $750. Oh, yeah. I don't even know. I never had to do one, but... I've never... They're expensive. I haven't done it, but we just had to change insurances, um, and I was looking at the different options, like, my employer had, and I was just like, (laughs) Honestly. (laughs) It's just expensive. Yeah. It's wild. Um, Yeah. I've never been in an ambulance, but one time when I was in college... I don't know if I ever told you about this. I was a freshman... And um, I passed out in a chem lab. No. Um, I, we're completely just derailing me right now. Anyways. Yeah, um, sorry. I passed out in a chem lab and I woke up and I was being um, wheeled down <laughs> in a gurney. Um, I, I was like out for like a good several minutes. Like oh I don't remember gosh. a fucking thing. But um, I rode in a fire truck to like a Kaiser like emergency department. Whoa. From like my school that's like up in the boonies. Because I went to school where Audrey went to school. Yeah. Yeah. I've been there. Um, so tr- imagine that drive in a fire truck all the way to Walnut Creek, like emergency room. Oh my gosh. For those of you who don't know, it's like a 30 plus minute drive. Well. Uh, because that was the closest Kaiser. And I was like, I'm not going to anywhere else. We still don't know. <laughs> um, they were like, were you dehydrated? Were you like, like, have you not eaten? And I was like, no, like I, even in college, I drank a gallon of water a day. Like I've always been a hydrated bitch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've always been a hydrated bitch. <laughs> Um, yes, queen. Yes. But I, they did, like, a EKG. They had me do, like, an at-home EKG for, like, a week. One of those, like, Holter things. Yeah. Um, they had me do an overnight, like, EEG. So, like, they, like, did, like, a brainwave study. It, they, had, like, they, like, ran a gamut of tests on me. Like, CTs, like, fucking MRIs. Like, everything. They still don't know what's wrong. Wow. Well, I'm glad you're... you're I mean, you're, you're healthy too. now. Well, I mean, debatable. <laughs> Ish. I don't have anything terminally wrong with me. Let's put it that way. I'll add an ish to it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, th- yeah, there was a good couple of years of my life where I, like, passed out all the time. That's crazy. Yeah. It was wow. wild. And There's like, a, a couple, couple years of my life. We're so off topic. A couple <laughs> years of my life where I used to get these gnarly nosebleeds that I would actually bleed out blood clots out of my nose. Oh, my God. And I thought I was dying. But I think it was just the Accutane. Cause I was on Accutane. Oh, that'll do it. That yeah, because it's wild. Like, it's so that bad. That shit for like you. dries your entire body out. It's so bad for you. Like yeah, like makes your hair fall out, makes your fucking skin dry out everywhere. Yes. It's wild. Um, yeah. Anyways, anyways sorry. <laughs> anyways, go back. Let's go, Enough let's about go. me. <laughs> yeah, and me and my nosebleeds. Oh uh, fuck! Did you ever get them like cauterized? Um, I didn't have to, cause it okay. stopped as soon as I went off. Of course. Yep. Well, no, because I work for an ENT office, if you guys didn't know. Um, and it's one of the procedures I have to schedule semi-frequently is, like, people who's, like, nosebleeds, like, won't stop. 
yeah, I don't get them anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm, that was the next step for it if it continued right. to happen. Um, anyway. Anyway. So she refused to go to the hospital. Totally understand. Yes. <laughs> Several bystanders helped Niza into Officer Scala's patrol car, and she informed police radio that she was providing a courtesy ride to Niza. It was noticed by witness noted noted by witnesses that she was over six feet tall and at least a foot taller than Officer Scala. Um, the officer later told police investigators that Niza asked her to go to a 15th and go. Jesus fuck, Jamie. Asked her to go to 15th and Walnut Streets, about four blocks away from the bar and several miles from Niza's home in West Philly. Um, according to Officer Scala, Niza, quote, got out of the car of her own strength, upright, and refused further assistance at that intersection. Within minutes, a passing motorist almost ran over her, who was lying unconscious in the street at 16th and Walnut, so about a block up the road. Um, it was later determined that she had, quote, sustained serious physical injuries to her head as a result of blunt trauma just above the right eye. An ambulance took her to Thomas Jefferson Hospital, where she died on Christmas Eve um, after nearly regained, er, after having regained consciousness. Never having regained consciousness. Yes. So three days later. Wow. Yeah. If or almost three days later. Not add up. Uh huh. Um, I believe it's Asia. Uh, Asia Khalif, an activist and longtime friend of Niza's, um, recalled Niza uh, being at her peak when she died. Toward the end of her life, she had become more political, more conscious. Um, and Asia attributes her, quote, peace to Niza becoming a Buddhist later in her life as the religion helped her co- become, quote, comfortable in her own skin. Eventually, she was able to live in the moment more. Uh, she was one of the co-founders of a Philadelphia-based LGBT non-denominational uh, Buddhist yeah. fellowship <laughs> called... Yeah, that... Yeah, I don't know. I'm not reading that word. Up, up, Kaska? Yeah, Abaska. Abaska? I don't know. I'm pretty sure I just offended somebody. I'm so sorry. Um, yeah, I don't know. Buddhist, anyways. A for- some yes. form of Buddhist. Buddhist. Yes, fellowship. For non-gender conforming queer people of color. So she helped, you know, do all this, like, philanthropy cool shit. Yeah. Um, yes, queen. Yes. Um, the fellowship was, quote, formed as a private safe haven for low-income queer and gender-variant Buddhists of color to Skillshare, collectively meditate, and pool money to attend expensive retreats in the United States and abroad. According to another one of her friends, uh, Deja Alvarez, Niza, quote, was a kind of uh, matron to mother transgender women in the community, using her 30 years of experience as an out trans woman to nurture and empower the younger generation around her. Niza's family was notified of her death uh, with a detective telling her mother, he's dead. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, so super, super great. Um, yeah. uh, super sensitive. Um, the detective was later removed from the case for, quote, complaints of insensitivity. Yeah, no fucking shit. Yeah. Um, Officer Scala did not report giving Niza a ride to a 15th and Walnut in her official um, log for the night. Okay. Rosalind Wilkins, uh-huh. Niza's mother said that she didn't even know her daughter was with police until people from Key West Bar told her about it. Similarly, detectives working the case said that they weren't aware of Niza's ride in Officer Scala's police car until several days after she died, when the case uh, began to be treated as a possible homicide. The bar patrons also said that Niza was far too drunk to have left Officer Scala's car on her own at 15th and Walnut, which is supported by a hospital toxicology report that found her blood alcohol level to be more than three times the legal limit for intoxication. Wow. Uh Uh-huh. Um... Deja, who was with Niza at the bar, stated that Niza had been taking shots and was, quote, more drunk than usual, to the point where she brought her a plate of food in attempts to convince her to eat before drinking more. Niza refused and continued to drink hard liquor. 
Again, been there. Yeah. Um, fucking relatable. <laughs> Says somebody who is a week sober right now. <laughs> Good for you. It's weird. <laughs> I'm proud of you. Thanks. Only um, 53 more days. <laughs> if you guys missed last week's episode, I'm not drinking until my best friend's wedding in August. Yeah. And uh, RAP me. <laughs> Round of applause. It's good Ooh, practice for whenever you decide bitch. to have babies. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding, Mom. One day, maybe. <laughs> we'll talk about it when I'm 30. That's um, fair. Yeah, when uh, in five years, we, we can broach that subject when my birth control's done. She can, <laughs> she can love Emerson until then. I do. Or are you talking about my mom? Your mom. I know you okay, do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know you love the little nuggy. I do. She's so big now. I saw your Instagram the other day. I almost threw up. I was like, when did she get all old? <laughs> I can't even talk about it. I can't even talk about my own fucking story. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Do I have ADD? <laughs> I mean, potentially. We, Bitch, I might. We might. Both might. It's our podcast. We can do what we want. Anyways. Thank you. You you right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we pay the bills uh, on this thing. Hell yeah. Speaking of paying the bills, um... We're still donating all of our proceeds this month to a charity. Holla so, for a dollar. Um, so, oh, yeah. The, uh, yeah. The, this <laughs> Next week, next Monday, I'm going to put a poll out mm-hmm. asking y'all where you want us to donate. But, I mean, yes. I'm obviously going to I'm gonna have, like, a few options for you to right. choose from. <laughs> like, you can't sit there and say donate to Donald Trump's campaign because I'm going to say no. Um, yeah, because we will delete, delete, delete that comment. <laughs> yes, we're donating to um, an organization that supports Black Lives Movement and mm-hmm. Bla- Black Lives Matter movement. Excuse me. Anyways. Yes, there you go. Oh, my gosh. I have to interrupt you. Yes. I was driving and there were um, on Saturday and there were people protesting, like, mm-hmm. you know, sitting at an intersection with their Black Lives Matter sign. And I was like, hell yeah, brother. That's awesome. And somebody was turning and he stuck his finger, his his hand out the window and flipped everybody off. Ew! I was like, "Wow, that's fucking dumb." You are a crappy human being. Did you throw something at their car? I did not because I was not close by. <laughs> but I did honk and I I did my nice. Yes. Your hell yeah! Your solidarity. Yeah. Fist. Hell yeah! I did. So, love that for you. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, ba-doop, ba-doop, ba-doop. So, um, Officer Thomas Berry state, stated that he, quote, happened on the scene on the 1400 block of Walnut Street as Officer Scala was letting Niza out of her patrol car. He asked Officer Scala if she needed assistance, to which she replied that she did not, and that was she was just dropping, dropping somebody off. Minutes later, Officer Berry responded to the 911 call of Niza injured on the street, and upon arriving at 16th and Walnut, he noticed a car, quote, parked behind her, and assumed that she had been hit by that car. Questioning the owner of the car, who stated, no, I drove down the street and found her like this, Officer Barry presumed the owner of the car was telling the truth, as he, quote, did not have any signs of obvious damage to the vehicle. Um, in his testimony to a police advisory commission, Officer Barry did not recall seeing any other any injuries or blood, um, do, 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 yet his completed incident report notes cuts on the head and a person lying on the road bleeding. So, inconsistent at best. Um, furthermore, he noti- noticed that Niza was breathing, yet when an ambulance arrived, Officer Barry, quote, placed a jacket over her face as if she were dead. Um, it took o- 
over 30 minutes for an ambulance to take Nisa to the hospital. A witness later says that she, uh, he was, quote, struck by the lack of urgency from cops and paramedics. Describe uh, my face. Yeah. Um, if I had to describe your facial expression right now, it would be defuck. Yeah. Thank you. Perfect. You're welcome. Perfect. Yeah, thank you. I'm good at this. Yes, you are. <sighs> but yeah, well. truly. Um, hospital records show that the hospital staff contacted police after she was dropped off by EMS because they believe that she was an assault victim and not someone who had been in an accident. Hospital staff also requested Niza's name from a police dispatch, which suggests that she was dropped off unidentified. Officer Novak, however, was familiar with Morris due to her previous arrests. Um, according to press reports, Niza had been arrested 53 times. Um, he never identified her to hospital staff. Uh, witnesses also identified Niza to Officer Barry by name and referenced her job at Bob and Barbara's lounge at the scene where Niza was found injured because he failed to pass on this information to the hospital as well. 911 transmissions indicate that the officers, quote, manipulated events to keep the dispatcher from connecting the ride from Scala to the hospital call 12 minutes later, even feigning confusion over Morris's gender. So they're trying to basically undo any paper trail yeah for sure yeah so at the hospital where niza was on life support officers barry and scala met with officer kenneth novak who all quote appear to have agreed upon a story to hide scala's ride that immediately uh, preceded morris's injury the officers indicated in their logs that quote no 911 target was at the key west bar where the initial 911 call was placed but that officers scala and barry spotted a drunk person near broad and walnut the logs also indicate that minutes later, Officer Barry responded to the same drunk person at 16th and Walnut, where she was found unconscious. <sighs> Assistant Medical Examiner Edwin Lieberman ruled that Niza's death was a homicide. The manner of death was ruled a homicide because the injuries to her head were, quote, not consistent with a simple fall. Instead, the injuries suggested a rotation of the skull from the extreme force of one blow to the skull. The medical examiner's report also stated that Niza appeared to have sustained defensive wounds on her hands and wrists. <clears throat> In May of 2003, Rosalind Wilkins, Niza's mother, filed a complaint with the Police Advisory Commission for, quote, lack of information provided to the family by the police department. The commission is Philadelphia's independent oversight authority on the police and already voted a month earlier to conduct the hearing as a, quote, issue of community concern, but hearings were not held until December of 2006. So. What? uh, Three years later. (laughs) Okay. Mm-hmm. Days after the um, Police Advisory Commission completed its investigation in November of 2007, so this has been almost five full years of them investigating this death, um, it was told by the police department that, quote, the opinion it had issued, which found officers had it acted properly, with the excep- exception of Officer Scala, was based on incomplete files. Uh, yeah. During, uh-huh. During a testimony in a 2007 lawsuit, a detective was... F- Quote, forced to admit on the witness stand that the entire homicide report had been lost since 2003. Lost, right. Okay. Uh-huh. The report was not, quote, found, unquote, again, until 2011 in the City Hall archives. <sighs> if this is not the most frustrating fucking shit. Yeah. Um, so, the commission voted to reopen the investigation in March of 2008, but due to District Attorney Lynn Abraham refusing to give access to evidence, the hearings didn't commence until November of that year. <sighs> District Attorney you. Abraham finally turned over some evidence. She, quote, did so on the condition that the commissioners sign a non-disclosure agreement, leaving them unable to issue any report or take any action based on the 2008 investigation. When a new commission led by uh, 
Kelvin Anderson voted to reopen the case in 2011, it refused to enter into an uh, NDA with the new district attorney, stating that, quote, the non-disclosure agreement in the 2008 Police Advisory Commission entered in uh, entered into with the DA undermines our effectiveness and credibility as a civilian oversight board and compromises the openness and transparency of our raison d'etre. Raison d'etre. It's French. Oh, excuse me. I can't speak French. It's French. Um, I took Spanish in high school and I can barely speak that. Je parle français. Actually, bitch, I can barely speak English. So. <laughs> <laughs> Same. <laughs> uh, Christ. Um, can you say that word one more time? I really just want to hear you say it again. It's like, it's, it's my, my accent is not great. Raison mm-hmm. d'etre. So etre that mean? to be. So like basically like our reason for existence, like our reason uh, to be. Yeah. Gotcha. And yes, they're correct. <laughs> they're wrong, uh, right? <laughs> the 2011 commission also forwarded its opinion along with the request for an investigation to U.S. Attorney Zane Mimgerner. Mimgerner? Memenger. 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 Yeah, that's that's the name. Yeah. Excellent. Um, As the magnitude of the mismanagement of the Niza Morris homicide was staggering. Uh, Yeah. In his letter to attorney Memenger. Fuck, I thought his name was going to be done. Memenger. (laughs) I was hoping that would be a one-off mention of that person's name. Memenger. Thank you. Thank you. Um, On behalf of the commission, um, Kelvin Anderson wrote that the manor... The matter was compromised by police when, quote, the homicide record was lost for eight years and hampered by the DA's office, who determined there had been no official wrongdoing by police, and even by the um, police advisory commission, Yeah, Mm -hmm. looking into the case between 2003 and 2008. So basically, everybody fucked up. Yeah. Big time. Um, I don't think it was on accident. No, not one bit. This is a full-on just miscarriage of justice. (laughs) Uh, anyways, specifically, procedures with respect to hospital cases and intoxicated persons were not followed, nor procedures regarding record keeping and the logging of information, and official police business may have been conducted on private cell phones and therefore, quote, off the record. Discrepancies in records were not followed up, records are still missing, and the testimony is so inconsistent that we believe perjury might have been committed. Yeah, no shit, bitch. Yeah, I would say yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Kelvin Anderson also says that the U.S. attorney did not reply to commission's re- request request. <laughs> that was a request weird... request. Yeah. <laughs> I'm reading along for those of you who are wondering why. <laughs> Jess knows everything. I'm, I'm reading along. <laughs> yeah. Well, for once I sent her my case ahead of time, basically. Yeah, so. so. <laughs> um, uh, da, 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 the Pennsylvania attorney general's office also stated that the case was not in their jurisdiction, which Ooh. I don't understand why it would not be. Right. But Oh. Whatever. Um, okay. So, police officer Elizabeth Scala D. Donato is still a Philadelphia police officer, despite the 2011 commission's finding that she had, quote, blatantly and methodically lied about her interactions with Morris the night she died. Weird. Yeah, again, no shit, bitch. Um, she was transferred from street duty not long after Niza was killed and reportedly works in the commissioner's office now. Um, District Attorney Seth Williams spoke- spokesperson Cameron Kleins has stated... As we have said with other requests for third-party investigations, the DA feels that it's his responsibility to continue to be the sole investigating office in criminal cases. I'm sure that's what he feels, uh, <laughs> even though he hasn't done jack shit until right. now. <laughs> and really, still nothing. Um, Kelvin Anderson said that the Police Advisory Commission has gone as far as it can, but still hopes that this report will compel another agency to act. 
Nice's mother died in 2017, excuse me, hoping that one day a lead would, quote, crack the case wide open. Um, Bradley Brown, Nice's sister and a for- former police officer herself, said that she thinks that she knows what happened, saying, When I went to the morgue and saw the wound on Nice's head, it was a wound I'd seen many times. Clearly, she was hit by the butt of a gun. Also, that just gave me chills. She would have been really hard. Yeah. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Officer Scala received a verbal reprimand for failure to follow protocol regarding intoxicated persons and hospital calls. No other officer was disciplined for the incident. I'm sorry. That's bullshit. Uh-huh. It's baby back bullshit. It... Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so there's a theory. Um, so Dr. Lieberman noted that the 2006 advisory opinion... Um, as stating that he could not conclude that Nice's injuries were, quote, not caused by a low-speed automobile accident in which she could have been hit uh, to her head by a side-view mirror of an automobile going approximately 20 miles per hour and then fell defensively to the ground. But his final conclusion was that the injuries sustained by Nyza were, quote, most likely due to an assault by another person, although he could not rule out the possibility that she was struck by a mirror of a motor vehicle. So essentially, they just, like, took that and ran. Right. That's a thousand percent the case. And so they're like, oh yeah, she totally got hit by a car. Mm-hmm. Um, How disappointing. Yeah, to say the least. It's interesting, though, that some of the comments say, like I'm reading a comment that said, this sounds more like a horribly sad drunken yep. accident than a homicide. I'm sorry, what? No, because like, even if the cops didn't have anything to do with it, they, still they didn't, didn't help. F- right, and they didn't follow procedure, and obviously... They, they're covering something if there's stuff missing, people are lying, like mm-hmm. you're not, I mean, I'm sorry, if you make a mistake that leads to a person's death, you should be held re- accountable and none of them are. Wow, you're, this you're... sounds really familiar. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> I mean, are you thinking of like um, a, a girl named Brianna? Perhaps. <laughs> Weird. Yeah, um, and also how evidence is coincidentally missing from the logs hmm weird go sign that petition bt dubs for everybody yes we'll also include that in the show notes yes um also just really quickly um there's a last little note on here which i think is important um please consider learning more about the morris home uh, Morris Home is named after NISA, and it's the only residential recovery program in the country to offer comprehensive services specifically for the transgender community. It provides a safe, recovery-oriented environment in which people are treated with respect and dignity. It's operated by Resources for Human Development. Morris Home offers services including comprehensive assessments, individual and group therapies, residential housing, peer support groups both focusing on life skills, anger management, and restorative justice training, and relapse prevention. Hell Yes. Yes. Um, and so another thing I wanted to bring up in this episode and kind of just to tie in our whole series and the kind of what this whole thing's about and really kind of really why we started this whole fucking podcast to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like we haven't said this in a long time, um, but it's one of those things where we try to mostly talk about things that are less covered and also just minorities in general. Yeah, but I think generally we get... I mean, most of what's available and most of what's featured and most of what's popular mm-hmm. and most of what's, what we're able to find information on is white women. Right. Which brings me to yeah. um, a Wikipedia article about was missing white women syndrome. Um, and I feel like I've touched on this on another episode before. Yeah, we've talked about it for sure. Yeah. So, like, a lot of cases... I'm going to give you kind of, like, the quick little too long don't read before I read the actual, like, definition. So, basically, it's how 
you know, young white women tend to get a lot more media attention if they're missing than anybody, any other group. Um, Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, specifically, I covered a case of Evelyn Hernandez, like one of the first cases we did on this podcast. Um, Yeah. And and you can uh, compare that to Lacey Peterson. It's an almost identical case to Lacey Peterson. One is extensively covered and one Mm -hmm. I never heard of her before you did it. Yeah. It's because she's a Hispanic woman. Yeah. Like, quite frankly. I mean, I mean, honestly, yes, absolutely. Um, So so missing white woman syndrome is a term used by social scientists and media commentators uh, to refer to extensive media coverage, especially in television, of missing person cases involving young, white, upper middle class women or girls. The term is used to describe the Western media's undue focus on upper middle white class women who disappear with the degree of coverage um, that they receive being compared to cases of missing women of color, women of social uh, lower social classes and missing men or boys. So um, I know one of the things that like we before that we're kind of focusing on were like m- like men and boys just because yeah. again they don't tend to get as much media coverage. No, they don't. Um, but really, it's low socioeconomic people of color, all of that. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot broader. So the term was coined to describe disappropriate the disproportionate coverage of missing person cases it's sometimes used to describe similar disparities in news coverage of other violent crimes instances have been cited in the u.s canada uk and south africa yep yep so basically that's like the reader's digest you can do some more research on it yourself yeah we can include Um, this link too with our yes we have lots of links to include yeah like i said it's all very sad um and um i you can correct me if i'm wrong but i think nice is actually maybe the first trans person we've Yes. Talked about on the show. Mm -hmm. Um, And so this one just really reminded me um, of those uh, two girls that I can't think of right now, but there was two um, other trans black women that were killed in the last couple of months. Yeah. And Um, there's been no, no coverage on it. Yeah. There, uh, one of them was one of the people that have been hanged recently. That's been ruled a quote suicide. Yeah. Um, So yeah, it's all really fucking sad and just, it's, it's stupid that, you know, all this is being swept under the rug and just called something that's not. Anyways, on that bummer of a note, do you think fun and fresh? <laughs> um, I, this week I am working to open my Etsy shop. <gasps> Yay! Do you have a name? Um, yes, it's called M and Iver. And Ooh. Audrey helped me pick that out. I like so, it. Um, well, actually, she and I were originally going to start, like, a brand with baby stuff, making baby stuff. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, but we decided to, I mean, it just got really overwhelming, and then COVID happened, so we're kind of leaving that option available. Right, um, so you might end up pursuing expanding. that specifically yeah. later. Yeah. Yes, so... Um, but yeah, it's called Emma and Iver. I've got my logo. I've got everything done. I'm just taking um, product pictures and then making more stuff. And yeah, so very exciting. That's awesome. Exciting. So you're, uh, it's going to be the earrings for now. Yes, earrings. Nice, nice, nice. And, um, you know, I read, I, I do something I've been kind of thinking about because I was watching um, a TikTok about like a woman talking about people purchasing beaded earrings because traditionally they're mm-hmm. a Native American type jewelry and things mm-hmm. um, and kind of a- accusing white people of misappropriation. Um, mm-hmm. So I, like I cultural appropriation. Yeah. And yeah. I do, 
is something that I was like, oh, interesting. I I do want to point out I am Native American, though I look right. white. So, yes, um, she just this, passes for white. This is a family um, kind of tradition that I'm learning mm-hmm. and carrying on, and I'm very proud of it. So, yeah. Go show her some love. When it's up, we'll post about it on the things. Yeah. Um, I made you a pair. I think (gasps) you and I talked about that. So next time I see you, I'm going to give them to you. I can't wait. They're really pretty. I'm so excited. I hope you love. I'm sure I will. I say I've only seen the, um, like, very tops of them. (laughs) Yeah, they're so pretty. I'll show you. I have them sitting over there, actually. Um, Yeah. So what about you? Anything fun and fresh? Um, all of the Poshmark shopping I've been doing. Holla. <laughs> um, dude, I have been finding so much, like, lightly used Lululemon Um, can you please Poshmark? send us in the group chat? Like, honey, everything I buy, I send y'all in the group chat. I know. I'm just bad about it, because, especially because it's, like, Poshmark stuff, so I'm just like, ooh! Like, <laughs> but hit, in the last, like, couple me. of months, I've bought at least two pairs of pants that were less than two, like, less than $20 for Lululemon. I never um, find anything on Poshmark. Yeah, and then you and Audrey, like three or four tank tops. I got two tank tops for twenty dollars. Okay. That were Lulu. Dude, like, I love myself some Lulu. It's keep an eye out on some shorts for me. I will. Um, it's just hard because you know our size preferences are different. Because I have a giant ass. <laughs> yes, that's true. So, honey, um, your your ass is fantastic. Thank you, thank You're you. Welcome. I do squats and yoga. Honey, <laughs> yes. Um. I've been watching That's Queer okay. Eye, hence my honey. <gasps> yes. Yeah, I love yes. it. Anyways. Uh, speaking of TikToks, did you see the TikTok that um, I saw it on Twitter? If that, That's the only reason I know about it, because I refuse to download that app. It's so entertaining. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, I I've just know been it'll learning, be such a time suck I've been me. learning a lot on TikTok. People are, like, covering um, Black Lives Matter stuff. It's yes, very interesting. Have. I'm learning a lot about like other things from my Etsy shop. It's just like, you can learn a lot other than like seeing the dumb shit, which sometimes is kind of funny, but like, there's a lot of things to learn on there. Um, but so, you know, I, I, one of the biggest jokes that, that we've had for Queer Eyes that Bobby does all the work. Yes. And I saw that one too. Where he responded. Yeah. He was awesome. <laughs> yeah. So basically for all that don't know, um, if you haven't watched Queer Eye, um, there's five different lovely gay men that each have a different like well, thing. Um, Jonathan is non-binary, so he is. Uh, he oh, is, yes. I guess I shouldn't say he. They are non-binary. They are, they are non-binary. Yes. Yes, and so Bobby is the construction and like design guy. Yeah. He like redoes like someone's like whole ass house or like whole ass restaurant it's or like, whole ass. He does whatever. So, it's amazing. In like, like a week. Amazing. And, like, the joke is that everyone else, like, does, like, a thing with him, and he's, like, renovating their entire ass space. Literally. <laughs> They're not wrong. So, so they did a TikTok about it, and he, like, responded and basically was like, yeah, I do do this work, but it's fine. <laughs> I'm going to um, include it in my link because... Excellent. So you guys can watch it so that I'm not just, you know, talking about something that y'all don't funny. know what I'm talking about. And if you haven't watched Queer Eye, honey, go go watch it. There's, There's five, seasons. five seasons. It's on yeah. Netflix. Please do it. You won't regret it. There's f- five regular seasons and then the Japanese season. Yeah. Which I think is separate. It is. Yeah, so there's six seasons, really. Yeah. Anyways, Anyways it's enjoy. great. Okay. Yes. We're not sponsored well, by them, but we love no, them. But it's we great. love them. They're fantastic. Yes. Okay. Um, Wednesday is going to be the first trial by media? Yes. Excellent. Episode. I'm, I'm glad that we Never did this. Soon. Yeah, so we're going to do um, an episode on each episode of that. Yep. So 
stay tuned. Be on the lookout for that. That'll hopefully be a weekly installment. But, you know, we don't make promises we can't keep because it's just who we are. No. Yeah, exactly. Shit comes up. We're busy. Yeah. I'm, we're busy. Jamie's yeah, an essential gonna... ass bitch and I'm a mom, so. With an Etsy shop. Yeah, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, on that note, we will catch you on Wednesday. Okay, bye. bye.